0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here today. Today, we welcome Lindsay Griffiths to the show. Everyone has a story, and as you know, on the Freeman Means Business, uh, women in, Wonder Women in Business, I should say, because these are all Wonder Women that I interview on my show, Wonder Women in Business podcast, we give a voice to those women who have a meaningful and compelling story. Lindsay has one of those stories. So I like to share stories like that with the world. So that in her shining, she gives permission to other people to shine as well. You can tune in to Freeman Means Business podcasts on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and other great channels throughout the web. Uh, today, we're going to talk to Lindsay about how she moves the needle. First off, let me say thank you for being here, Lindsay. Um, It's great to have you. Um, I want you guys who can't see us, because this is uh, audio only, to know that Lindsay is wearing a Red Sox cap. (laughs)
1: Woohoo!
0: We're both Red Sox fans. So yay, she's already way up high in my book. So welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome, so before we get started, let's tell everyone a little bit about you, your education, occupation, any kind of community involvement, what things
1: that you want people to know about you before we get going. Sure. So I'm Lindsay Griffiths, as you said, I am the Director of Global Relationship Management for the International Lawyers Network. That's a really long title that basically means um, I handle the relationship management for an international association of law firms. We are about 5000 lawyers, 91 law firms in 67 countries. And the idea is that when lawyers, when mid-sized law firms want to make referrals and service their, their international clients without either opening an office in another country or merging with another law firm, they would come to an association like ours. Uh, we, we vet all the firms. Um, we know them very well. And they become members. It's in, by invitation only. And so my job is to help them work together to get to know each other better so that uh, they can refer work with confidence. And so we do that throughout the year in a number of different ways. And I've been doing that for about 14 years, almost 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And um, we, so my, educational background i came to this job a little sort of backwards i think a lot of people in legal say that and uh, so my degree is actually in computer science Um, i went to hamilton college which is a very small school in upstate new york very cold and i started out as an art history major i declared in anthropology which is what my minor is in and then i ended up majoring in computer science which i don't do anything with at the moment Um, (laughs) although i do love technology And I decided to, I wanted to get into sports marketing. I did a very, very short stint with the New Jersey Devils and hockey, ice hockey is my true sports passion. How fun. Yes. And uh, I, so after that very, very short stint, I did a couple of years in market research for a company called Target Research Group. And I decided I wanted to do something different after that. Um, And this job opened up. Our executive director is my dad. So I had the opportunity to tell him that I was interested in working for him. And he said, I know you can do the job. I'm just not sure about working with my daughter. So I'd like you to come to a conference, meet some of the lawyers, and then interview with our board. So I did that. Hold on, hold on. I think that's (laughs) Okay, so you've said several things that I
0: just totally wanted to interrupt you on, but I felt, but if I let too much of this go, I'll never, I'll lose my train of thought. So that is amazing, first of all, that you have a computer science degree. So that, that focus is huge out where I live. So you Mm -hmm. would, you know, women in tech, that's big here. Now, as you know, their voices aren't heard as they should be. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you'd change that for sure if you're out here. But second of all, the fact that you chose to go work with lawyers when you had that background, that's, that's incredible in and of itself. Third of all, I think it's amazing that you work with your dad. So I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, oh, no, I think that's fabulous. I, I would have given anything to work with my father. He was a genius. He was wonderful. You learn so much from those you respect, love, and trust, and you do that with your dad. You learn from him. He leads by example. I did not know that factoid, that's incredible. So yep. how does that work? Um, at least tell me in the beginning, how did that work?
1: In the beginning, we worked in the same place. We, uh, we both work from home, and which is great. As long as we have internet access and are close to an international airport, we can pretty much work anywhere. So, in the beginning, we worked from the same home office, which I think was really essential at that time because there was a lot that I needed to learn about the network and the way that he sort of functioned and how I wanted to function in my role. And I've really adapted my role from what it was in the beginning to what it is now. Um, so, I, I'd say for the first Four years we worked together in the same place and that was really helpful in terms of of my gathering the knowledge about the ILM that I needed and then since then we've worked separately Um, but we have video conferences three days a week we do meetings um, uh, by video on Monday Wednesday and Friday and about six or seven months ago we hired a part-time employee Um, he does our, he's our manager of communications and network development for the Americas. David Smuts. He's, he's been great. Yeah. So the big news is that at the end of 2019, my dad is retiring. (gasps) Wow. Yes. Yes. So, and I will be taking over as executive director. So that's
0: hold on, hold on. That's what this kind of podcast is all about. Let's that. Clap, round of applause. I wish I had a crowd of people in this room.
1: <laughs> Thank amazing.
0: you. Amazing! Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I have never met you before in here. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I know you. This is so great. That's why, you. you know, lifting women up. Your dad must be super proud. He would not yes. have handed that over had he not felt you were ready. Oh,
1: no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been we've been working towards this for a while. He's very excited. I have the full support of our board and our membership, which is really wonderful. And, uh, And yeah, it's been it's been an interesting process and will continue to be an interesting process as I transition into the role. But I'm very excited and they're very excited.
0: Girl power. So tell me, how has the role? You said it changed a lot, evolved a lot from then to now. Um, and not even to mention what it will be like once you take over your uh, the range. From that. So well, how has it changed from then to
1: today? When I first started, they had never had any real marketing. They had they had brought somebody in, I think, for a short period of time who had done some consulting in marketing, uh, but they'd never had somebody full-time who did it. Primarily, my job was mostly events planning, um, and the events that they did were not very strategic in nature they were an opportunity obviously to bring the lawyers together and to have them network for the purpose of building these relationships but they there was not that much thought that was put into them Um, and there there was some what they called specialty groups which are are, our practice and industry specific groups but those weren't very developed um, and the person in my role had not been involved in those at all and um, it was really more of a very junior communications type role handling um, the more social side of things. It was very like a managerial type role, um, gotcha.
0: so which was
1: fine and was perfect yeah. for me at that time. My age and my experience, that was really where where I needed to be. Um, but we've really become a lot more strategic over the last decade. In terms of what we as a network choose to do and become involved in uh, the types of things we want our, our members to be involved in and the projects that we do throughout the year to keep them involved in thinking about the network and the types of relationships that we want them to have with each other and that's sort of the running joke is whenever I meet one of our lawyers for the first time is oh you're the one I get all the emails from and uh, <laughs> that's, that's me so they hear from me a lot <laughs>
0: yeah so so I was going to ask that's the perfect segue to this question. How do you recruit members, or do they come to you or you go to them or and do you travel a lot?
1: Yes, to all of that <laughs> uh, we in terms of recruitment, we do both. Our ideal means of recruitment is through our existing membership. so if we have um a vacancy, typically we want to recruit somewhere where we don't currently have. Uh, a a representative. So we will go to our membership and say, we're looking for a firm in this place. You as members know the type of quality we're looking for, the approximate size. We say mid size for their jurisdiction. And we say, you know, who do you usually work with there? Who do your clients work with? Who do you like? Who's been on the other side of the table from you? Uh, Those types of questions. And they may have recommendations in those cases. They'll make an introduction for us. And then we go from there. In some cases, uh, depending on the market, we will get approached by firms who have heard about us from various sources, and they'll say, you know, we have an interest in joining your network, and then we can vet them from there by asking our membership, by going through some of the directories. Directories have a little bit less importance these days than they used to um, doing our, our online due diligence. Usually once we've done that initial due diligence, we will invite members of the firm to come to one of our conferences so we can get to meet them in person. We'll sometimes have them meet some of our members um, at their offices or we'll go to their offices, one of those types of things, just so we can get a sense of whether or not they fit with us culturally. We have a pretty good sense of the quality of a firm before we get to that stage. So that's sort of table stakes at that, at that point. But in terms of whether or not they fit with our culture, that's usually what the the conference attendance is, is about. And once they've come to a conference, they're pretty much decided and we're pretty much decided about whether or not we're going to invite them to join. So once we, they decide that they want to join and we, we're going to invite them to join, we go through that process and then we review them again formally with our board first and then with our full membership and then we extend them a formal invitation to join.
0: That's awesome. So your conference is sort of like rush. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's interesting. So what takes place at a conference? And, you know, I I understand that you're sort of matching and and people want to mirror and match certain behaviors and you're looking for certain things. I hear this from law firm clients where we know the attorney's brilliant. We know his or her legal work product is great. We want to make sure they're likable and we can work with them and enjoy it. Um, so, what happens at your conferences that gives you those clues as to whether they are, you know, you know, like and trust them?
1: So many things. Our conferences are intense. So, we do, they're two and a half days. We'll start with a welcome reception and then we do two half day business sessions and then we'll do afternoon tours around the cities and we have lunches and dinners together with our lawyers and they're sort of mixing and matching throughout those periods. And the reason that we do the half day business sessions and then the tours is so we're getting both the business and the social side because bo- we think both of those things are very important and it's it's really proven to be true for our group. Yeah, over over our Experience. We're we're in our 30th year this year, so uh, it's it's really shown us to be to be very important for our group. And so the business side, we've really, as I said, become a lot more strategic over the last 10 years. And one of the things we've been doing that's worked really well is a type of speed dating, which I love and the lawyers love. They're they're so cute when they do it, and we'll we'll give them some tips on how to get the most out of it. So it's not just a sort of ad hoc, thrown together at the last minute type of thing, but. Um, and then they'll, they'll mix for about 10 to 15 minutes in small groups and then we'll rotate those groups so that they have the opportunity to talk to each other on a business level, usually around specific areas or questions with specific follow-up designed in mind. And then that gives them the opportunity to see how they would potentially speak to each other's clients the types of business opportunities that may be there for them either right at the moment or in the future. And that's the real professional side. We also do obviously specialty group breakouts. We'll, we'll have some panels. We try to do as little sort of speaking from the podium as we can because the more presentation type things we have, the less effective we find that to be. So the more interactive we can make the events as possible. That just seems to work better for the group, and then the social side. Sorry.
0: No, I totally get that. I, I agree. I think that's smart. Um, people like others when they walk away knowing more about that other person. So you you know, yep. that, you say, oh, I, I love that, Lindsey Griffiths, because I learned more about Lindsey Griffiths. I mean, I you'll love me when I let you talk about yourself, and I learn more about you. So yeah, yeah, that's a great, great strategy. Continue, mm-hmm. continue.
1: And the social side is the same thing. It's just sort of the flip side of the coin. And many of them will bring their spouses. And so they get a different side of them as well because they get to meet their spouse, learn more about their family, the things they like to do for fun. And well, sometimes the thing I like about going to different cities and sometimes putting people in, in slightly uncomfortable or unique situations in those cities is you see how people react. And those are the things that are most memorable to them when they come back from a conference. So they'll say, I remember doing, you know, going to the fish spa with this person that from such and such country, and that's going always going to stick into their, in their mind or, you know, having dinner at Kensington palace for our right. 25th anniversary. Those types of things are, are extremely memorable for them. And they'll always come back to that and, remember both the ILN and the people that they were sitting with and experienced it with so that it keeps it more top of mind for them on a regular basis and also reinforces the professional association.
0: Wow. So, so two questions. One, can I come to your conference? (laughs) I get that a
1: lot. (laughs) two, Two, what is a fish spa? Oh, it's one of those ones where you put your feet in the water and the fish eat the dead skin off your feet. Oh, I don't want to come to that one, but
0: I I haven't done it either. (laughs) That is so memorable though. I will say, I'm going to have to pick your brain on some of these unique creative, memorable ideas. So um, that's incredible. I would love, you know, so I thought I knew about you and your organization from reading, but I'm learning so much more just in this podcast that I think that I actually want to follow up phone call and just really, pick your brain um, like this fish pick people's feet. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I'd be happy to do that. That would be exciting. Well, let me ask you, what is your proudest professional accomplishment? I kind of think I can guess based on your news, but there may be something
1: else. So what is your proudest professional accomplishment? That one's pretty up there. Um, I would say that it's probably... Being a woman and also being my father's daughter, in and even in an industry where nepotism is very common because you see a lot of law firms where children are naturally becoming lawyers and then joining their parents' firms, that's very common, especially outside the US, um, very, very common in our network. Um, I would say probably the biggest accomplishment is really standing on my own two feet in our organization. And that for me is still an ongoing process. There are still some lawyers who old school lawyers who, um, you know, because I'm a woman and because I'm, I'm younger will that I need to prove myself. Um, and that's fine. I don't mind doing that. And, uh, and I take that as a challenge. I enjoy that challenge, but my, my biggest accomplishment I think is any time that I succeed in that, uh, in showing that I'm capable in showing that, um, that they can rely on me, that, that I've got this organization behind me. And that's, you know, it's, it's really exciting. So,
0: you know, you use the word prove it. And um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there's a gender bias study by Joan Williams and her daughter, Rachel Dempsey. And it's called prove it again, bias and <laughs> it's something women. Um, and I'm going to use this, the word suffer, but it's it's, it's something women suffer that we have to over and over and over prove it again because we are women and in your case you're young and a woman uh, so yes you are very much challenged not only uh, because of gender but also culturally um, you know I'm sure you get a lot of that because you work with international firms or firms overseas so rock on sister proud of you bravo that thank is thank you you are a, a shining light for so many more reasons than, than just, you know, leading by example for other women in the United States, but for so many more reasons, because of the cultural differences that exist from country to country, um, and you're doing business overseas. So that's just fantastic. fantastic. So I, I, I probably could guess the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, who has been your, uh, best inspirational mentor?
1: This is a tough one. Um, I, I'm not sure that it is just one person. I think it's, it's a lot of different women for me. Um, I'm in this group on Facebook at the moment. That's uh, a group of, it's mostly runners, but also other women athletes. It's called the Badass Lady Gang. And that group- Wait, 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 say that again. I love it. Say it again. (laughs) it's called the badass lady gang it's <laughs> I love it. founded by a woman named kelly roberts out of new york and uh, she's been focused uh, the last few years on redefining sort of the standards of what um fit and active women look like because she's a very strong runner but she doesn't look like a runner as uh, i put that in air quotes um and she founded this group and it's about, I think five and a half thousand women now at the moment. And it's one of the most positive places I've ever been a part of. Uh, and considering it's on Facebook, that's pretty amazing.
0: Wow. And
1: so, Do you know her? her- I don't, not personally. I have followed her online for a long time, but I don't wow. know her personally. Yeah. And some of my friends, my in person friends are part of the group and a number of online friends i have and i've made friends through the group but they they focus so much on lifting people up both through running but also in their personal lives that it's i find it incredibly incredibly inspirational and it's it's made a huge difference just in the last year in my life in terms of my what i feel that i'm capable of in my professional life in my running In my side hobbies, those types of things, and it's I I really consider a lot of those women to be mentors to me, um, just by type of things they do. Yeah, so let me ask:
0: Could I be a badass lady, even though I don't look like a runner either? And maybe that's
1: better. Of course. (laughs) I'll add you to the group.
0: <laughs> I used to be a runner five miles a day and I looked like it, but I'm neither now. Uh, maybe I would get motivated to get back into that. But I love people who speak Oprah. That's what I say. You know, there are <laughs> lots of new Oprahs, and apparently this is the new Oprah, the badass lady gang. So um, that's your version of, of my Oprah. So that would be terrific.
1: Of course. You love kind of these ladies. Stuff.
0: I would. I think we need more of that. I feel like, um, you know, the, the worst thing, and this is not just my opinion. I think a lot of women agree and men as well. The worst thing is when women don't feel strong enough to stand up for other women. And so then you face the mean girls. That's just so sad to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, my my shoulders have footprints on them because I've lifted so many women and I wear those like badges. I think that's amazing. You know, that's what we should all do. And true leaders motivate and inspire others to do as well or better than they have done. And it sounds like that's what this group does for you. It motivates and inspires you to do better. Um, Let me ask you, um, I just indicated my strong beliefs that women should lift each other up. Um, how do you advise other women to support women in business or in personal lives or, you know, however you
1: wish? I think there's so many opportunities to do it and you just have to look for them. Um, For me, it's creating, and it's creating those opportunities. It's, you know, networking with other women. Uh, We have our own women's group within our organization that we've created. So we do a women's lunch before each of our conferences And we've tried to extend that message to our male lawyers as well. The importance of incorporating more women into our conferences. Um, We, if you have the power to hire women, at least in the interview process, make sure you're including more women in that process. When you're speaking on a panel or putting together a panel, making sure there's enough women on that panel, and not just not just women in general, but making sure you're looking at women of color, women of all abilities and to make sure that the, the whole range is there and and mentoring if you can get into mentoring it's really an amazing opportunity and you can do that either as a formal mentor or I mean you know as part of this this group I'm in on Facebook I'm reaching out to people all the time and to do that is really rewarding personally more so I'm sure than I'm I'm giving back to them and uh, I think if more women realized how rewarding it is to help other women I think they would they would just do it more naturally.
0: I agree, I agree. So have you ever read Adam Grant's book, Give and Take? If no. you did, you should get it. So you're clearly a giver and <laughs> uh, research shows that givers succeed most. Um, there are givers, there are takers, and in the middle there's something he calls uh, our matchers. So those are the quid pro quo people. There are lots of those and I can handle those. I am definitely a giver. So we have to watch that we're not doormats that we don't become, but I too am in a mentor circle and call me selfish, but I really, really love what I gain in lifting others and helping others and living in service to others. And and for me, that's a big purpose in my life. And Mm -hmm. I can see that in you just so the listeners on this podcast can't see you. So you folks can't see Lindsay, but when she talked about, her role on this uh, in this Facebook group, and her role as a mentor, she, her facial expressions, she was lighting up, her head was bobbing, she was moving all over the room. she's very excited. she talks with her body movements, um, a lot of nonverbal communication going on here. Um, maybe I should consider podcasting with uh, video as well as audio, but um, that would mean I'd have to put I don't know. Not wear pajamas or put makeup on or something. Um, uh, I at least, my, yeah, so yeah, I don't think I'll go there, but you, you, you can't see how excited she is when she talks about mentoring, and I just love that. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah. you're definitely a giver. I would suggest you read that book. I love that you have a women's group and a women's lunch before your conferences i am not going to self-promote here but i will talk to you later about what i can do for that group and how i can help you it would be a great alignment um let's talk about some bad news because sometimes in life we become the people we are through challenges and setbacks so what has been your biggest challenge or greatest setback and how did
1: you overcome it oh so many things Um. I think, you know, I talked about earlier being a woman and and being my dad's daughter. That's been a big challenge for me. Um, I think with some of our lawyers, as I said, it continues to be. Um, I also tend to be a workaholic. The people that know me best will say that that's a big problem. That I, have. I like that. I I think it's a good problem. I'm okay it, with that. It is. It is. It's one. It's funny. I know some people that have a lot of trouble working from home because they're not self disciplined. I'm sort of the opposite. I have problems working from home because I have too much access to my job. So the workday um,
0: never ends for you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of trouble. I have one of my dogs, once I reach a certain hour, will just start whining at me because he's decided that I'm finished.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) I happen to be married to a workaholic, so it's very dangerous in my house. Um, My kid is now 17 and can feed himself. But for many years, he was like, could one of you please, um, you know, it's nine o'clock and I haven't eaten. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) child services is going to (laughs) come. that's
1: right food is important
0: right but I hear you and I kind of think that um you know that's sort of part of the personality makeup of someone such as yourself who makes it to the top as a woman a young woman um that's the drive you have uh and and sort of have to have you know so good or bad that just it is what it is Um, So so it looks like how do you manage that besides your dog being your alarm to say, you know, mom, get up, walk around, stop
1: working, come feed me. Right, right. And for me, I think part of the challenge is because I see my lawyers sort of infrequently, mostly at conferences, the rest of the time I am... A virtual presence for them it's hard for them to know that I am a presence and that I am working as much as I am, so part of my workaholism is that I feel that I need to prove that to them, uh, and so that's part of where that comes from. so it is a balance between finding um, and some of it is i I'm not very good at delegating, so you know how can I do a better job of balancing my work and some personal time, um, which also makes me a better employee, a better uh, person to serve them. And I know that intellectually, but <laughs> my to-do list is far too long.
0: Right, right, right. Are you one of those people? Um, and I'm not judging because I am this way too, um, or maybe I'm judging both of us, but I have to write a list and I have to check things off my list or I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Or oh, if yes. something, something comes to me in the night, I can't go back to sleep unless I get up and write it down on my pad, you know, um, oh, yes. uh, well, Lindsay, that makes you feel better. It's a sign of genius.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I feel, I do feel better.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you, what is something we don't know or a surprising fact about you or some fun fact that you want people to know, or maybe didn't want them to know, but are willing to share?
1: Well, Uh, I think probably most people know that in my free time, I am both a photographer and a distance runner, Um, but some people may not know that I'm also a speed crocheter wait say that again a a speed crochet yes my grandmother taught me to crochet yep when I was a kid and so I've been crocheting so long that I can do it very quickly and it's something that people will normally comment on if they've seen me do it
0: That's that's amazing so so two things if you haven't seen her photography folks go on Instagram it's beautiful she's quite talented and I always wondered, and now I know um more about what you do, so I know how you're all over the world. I'm like, wow, she wish this girl is everywhere. She's like, you know, um uh what's his name? Raymond Reddington on blacklist. She's oh, all over. Yeah. The <laughs> but your pictures are so I, they tell stories. story. So they're still moving. They're you know. just beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, Thank you. But speed crocheting, I'm sorry. I, that's amazing. So <laughs> literally an oxymoron, speed crocheting. That's I know. That's crazy funny. That's crazy funny. So I would love to see some of your work someday. Maybe you should post some photos of your speed crochet, uh, some your,
1: your goods and wares. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my crocheting these days, I do hats for um, people going through chemotherapy. So most of it goes to charity, Aww. but um, I am working on a blanket for one of my nieces at the moment. So I should post a picture of that.
0: Okay. So that pulled at my heartstrings. That's really <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I haven't found anything that I just don't adore about you yet. I even, Folks, I even love her new haircut. So in her headshot, she has long hair, but in real life, she has short hair and it's adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me say, um, we're about to wrap up. This has been one of the most fun podcasts. You're really delightful. You're super bright. You are representative of what Wonder Women in Business is all about. Um, I think it's pretty cool that your dad has partnered with you, not made you who you are at all. You made yourself who you are. Um, and he has supported you in who you've become, but you've done it, and I'm so proud of you and happy to hear that you're the new executive director, or soon will be, and let me know how I personally can help you in any way. I have contacts across the country. I know you have them across the globe, but this has been super duper fun, and if people want to know more about
1: you or need to reach you, how do they do so? Where are you? Where can you be found? I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> easiest place to find me is probably on our website, which is ilntoday.com. My contact information is there, but you can also find me on Twitter at Lindsay Griffith without the S on the end um, or Instagram uh, at lindzelcakes <laughs> It's my handle over there. And those are the easiest places to find me.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll put that in writing so that people see it So what happens next is I take this podcast and I insert the link to it into a blog. Then I'll share that with my social media following, which is upwards of 15,000 people. And then you can share that with yours as well. And that way people will see in writing how to reach you. Um, My apologies. If I did say Lindsay Griffiths, I think I did in the beginning. That's Um, correct. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. So then um, people will have your, your, your um, Twitter handle is what we call it. I know I sound so old. Oh my God. I had a stumble. What is that Twitter handle? You're breaker. breaker. <laughs> yeah. They'll have your handle on Twitter and how else to reach you on your website and so forth. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'd love to have a follow-up phone call with you. I saw lots of places where we can connect and align. Awesome. And I'm so happy for you. Thank Need- you. You badass lady gang member, you! <laughs> yeah, I'll add you over there. Awesome, awesome! Thanks so much. Thank you thank have you. a great day. Take you care. You too. Go okay. Rock. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye.